We've all heard that too much mercury exposure, especially from fish, can be bad for us. Just like an Entourage star Jeremy Piven's close call back in 2008. But liquid mercury was used as far back as 3,500 years ago and it was found in Egyptian tombs. It's also called Quicksilver, like the X-Men character, because it's fast moving and surprisingly heavy. Originally named after the wing-footed Roman god and our fastest moving planet. It's found in old glass thermometers and new fluorescent bulbs, so if one breaks, don't breathe in the fumes. But why is it dangerous? Mercury can be absorbed through unbroken skin, ingested, or inhaled, and over time, it can lead to health problems and even death. It gets into our water sources and oceans through coal smokestack fumes, along with other poisons. So people that live near the coast or an industrial area are at higher risk. Mercury poisoning can lead to problems with our blood, kidney, and even our brains. And pregnant women need to be extra careful because it can cause severe brain damage in developing fetuses. It's so toxic that an old chemical weapon antidote used in World War II is actually used still to treat serious cases of mercury poisoning. When you put a heavy metal into a warm, wet environment, you have created a battery. That's exactly what's happening in your mouth. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grimerica Show. Uh, we are going to be talking heavy metal poisoning with um, <laughs> Dr. Richard Diaz a little bit later. And that's um, not the music. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. Rubbing your forehead again. Uh, but first, as always, Graham Didge Dunlop. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Hey, good. Good? Good. Yeah. I see you breathe a sigh of relief. Yeah, kind of. You never know what you're going to try and throw at me. And I was just thinking today, like, sometimes it's just too inside for people, right? Like, people are going to go, what does didge mean? Like, That's what Graham calls didgeridoo. Didge. It's not just me. It's just a short name for didgeridoo. Is it? Yeah. The jury's out. I might have another didge experience this week. And Didging yourself? Or yeah. No. Just going to it's sort of a group of friends with a couple didgeridoos. I'll bring some... Crystal, I'll bring out a singing bowl with me, maybe, and some stuff. We'll have a little. Have you done any your own digging? No, I can't do that. There's no way I could even think about doing that. You just like it seems up really like, hard. <clears throat> seems really hard. Cool beans. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, my friend Steve brought it out in a in a C-Seti, Like we were at a C-Seti potluck the other night, and he brought a one. C-Seti out. potluck. Was, yeah, it was really good. Wow. Yeah. You guys are getting serious. Yeah, he's got. What a, did you bring to the potluck? Uh, what pumpkin pie? <laughs> Store bought shitty Safeway pumpkin pie. No, I oh. went to the good place. Where's the good place? Whole food or what's the place? Uh, Community Natural. No, food? no, no, no. Planet Organic. No, not quite. Something like that though. Bigger chain. What's it called? Right near my. Uh, I can't remember. So you just went and got the fancy shitty yeah. processed pie. Yeah. Or just make your own pie. No way, man. It takes like an hour. No. No? Do you make your own pumpkin pie? Sure, yeah. But you use the pumpkin pie filling, though, right? No. Why would you do that? Why would you go to all the trouble <laughs> and just buy shitty fucking pumpkin pie filling? Because it's about the crust that you make, probably, right? No, no, you just do it all. Hmm. And then if you, like, you can do a nice, like, uh, you keep folding your crust and flattening it back out, you can do, like, that's how you get, like, the... the flaky uh, crust? The flaky pastries and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, it's I just feel just, like it, the inside would be so gross. much better. 
So much better. And then you just cook up your apple mixture with a bunch of sugar and shit, dump it into your thing in your pie pan, then cut some strips of dough and lay them over top in a cross hatch. And hour and a half and you could be done. Hmm. Your own dough and everything. Or you could be done in like a half an hour and you just go buy a frozen pie, pie crust. Right. Or you just go buy the pie. Or you just go buy the pie. Sun-terra. Take a look at the ingredients. Sunterra. Well, Sunterra is probably okay. They're usually pretty good. So how was your little trip down south there? You went on a little road trip and you had some fucking rodent damage, which I have a hard time believing that this is a thing. And all the, I think the, the your car company's in collusion with, uh, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to have to charge you for this. It's not it's covered under say. your warranty because it's the rodent damage. It's tough to say. The trip was good. Had a blast and seen Ephraim. So Did that was you? Good. Oh, yeah, cool. Went, went out for dinner with Ephraim. No, nice. actually, it was in Ephraim's house. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. I've seen some art he was working on. What about some inventions? I've seen some human, art. Any human-powered helicopters or anything no, like that? No, no. I think those days are behind us. <laughs> but I was actually in the room where he writes his books. And, oh, cool. And does his interviews and stuff like that. How's his book coming? Good. Yeah? Yeah. I've seen some... He was working on a painting. That was good. Nice. Yeah, we went and changed at his house, and then we went out for some uh, fish dinner. Nice. Not the pub, yeah. But he's not smoking, so we couldn't smoke a joint. Oh. He greened out. Wow. Yes. The, the new age dope is too much for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I can imagine. Back when, back in the day, I back had to limit, limit myself to two tokes. I was back in the day before it was so... Yeah, so, so that was strong. good. I mean, then I had taken... Uh, everybody, I seen your UFO again. We drove right by that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Right outside of Spokane, there's a little, like, crashed UFO sitting out the inside the road, yeah. Yeah, went for a nice dinner in Spokane and then drove, on Brad's advice, we took the long way or the south way to Portland. So we went down south to the, I think it's the I-84, which drives, like, down the uh, Columbia River the entire oh, way. Down nice. The, down the Columbia River Gorge, which nice, is just really? fucking insanely fucking beautiful. Really? Yeah. It was fucking an amazing drive, like fucking four hours of just fucking. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So we drove down that all day, and there's a couple spots where there's just a huge, like Columbia gets fucking massive. And then on the way home, we actually drove over where the Columbia meets the ocean there. Yeah. Which was another huge bridge. Is that, what? where's that at, in Oregon? That's on one like side's ocean Oregon, side or and one, one side's Oregon, and one side's Washington. Was it? Oh, oh really? it's like Alderside, maybe? No, oh. that's not it. Or it's um, so it's right at the border. That the border, the Columbia is the border between Washington and Oregon. Yes, I don't think I knew that. I hmm. think all the way down. Hmm. Wow. Um. So, yeah, it was good. Then we went to Seaside and had a rodent damage. That's where we got the rodent damage. The first night, I figure we got the rodent damage because I had all the all the alerts in my car were going off the next morning when we got up. But so what I don't understand is what, they nibble on your wires and then it takes two days for it to actually die out? No, I think if it, if it wasn't for, I think if I would have taken the, um, the flat way home, because there is a way that you can go that, no, I probably would have gotten it. it did it. Yeah, it was every time I was on the uphill because the engine just stalls out because it's, for, for whatever reason with that, when the traction control and the stability track service comes on it reduces the engine now i don't know how it does that but for whatever reason when it hits a high rpm it just 
And you're and you're and it's out of warranty. Like you don't have any warranty left on that. No. Five year. Like it's not a five year. Usually cars come with a five year warranty. Yeah, but they're also always a year newer than you think they are. My warranty ran out about like fucking fifteen months ago. Oh, uh, last summer. Just in time for it to break down. Yeah, this is well. It's fifteen months. Planned obsolescence. Yeah. Well, three hundred bucks. Actually, Tubbs was telling me that uh, it happened in his buddy's diesel. And it actually, for whatever reason, ended up blowing the motor, and then it was not covered by his warranty. Anyway. Wow. And it cost him nine grand or something. Wow. So for 300 bucks US, you know, it's a hit, but um, we got to see Seattle, which we wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah. So Seattle was really cool. Yeah, Seattle's cool. Yeah, so we had a blast there. And then uh, then after that, after that, it was pretty much, because that, by that time, we had no babysitter. Because uh, Lisa's mom had to go home for jury duty on the Tuesday. So, so, so already the Monday, Kim was here covering for us until we got home. But then all of a sudden, we didn't get home till Tuesday night. So we had to cycle through a couple of friends to watch the girls. Yeah. So by that time, you know, by the time we got the car on Monday night, it was just go. And we drove as far as we could to Idaho. Then drove home the next day. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And then there was a chicken chicken while i was trying to gas up trying a to get rooster? some food from me a rooster yeah in idaho friendly rooster yeah did you stop at the hippie store again on the way yeah really yeah was the dude there yeah did you say hi to him did he recognize you he didn't did he listen to the show he didn't recognize me he didn't, really he didn't <laughs> he might have been a little bit it was like first thing in the morning and he seemed like he was a little grumpy actually yeah yeah he's like what are these people doing here so early yeah we were there like when they opened yeah <laughs> And his wife had, like, then not done something right with the fire, so he seemed a little upset about that. Oh. He's a grumpy hippie. Yeah. Well, all in all, it was a good trip. We had a blast. It cost us, you know, about all said and done, probably almost 1500 bucks more of that. That's what the car damage cost us. Because, so when the car broke down, we had prepaid for all our ruins, which was great, because you could we could do them on Expedia, and it's all in Canadian, and then you just paid for it, right? It's one less expense when you're down there. But then, of course, the car broke down in Seattle, and by the time it was only like, it was like four hours before whatever, so like five at night. So we lost that money. We said, "No, yeah, you're done." Yeah. So we lost that ho- that hotel we paid for anyways, and then we ended up having to get two more hotels. Pay, and by the time the car and everything was all said and done, it was probably six hundred Canadian. Yeah. And then fucking. An extra day of gallivanting in Seattle. Yeah. Fucking adds up quick, but yeah. <clears throat> whatever, you know. It was uh yeah, you learn. at the end of the day it was worth it. We had a fun uh good a fun trip, you know, it's only money. It's only debt. Really. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. If if it makes you feel comfortable the whole world's in debt, every nation yeah, that's most right. people. So. And uh, yeah, exactly. So <laughs> what's an extra fifteen hundred bucks? <laughs> For, we had a great experience. So. Yeah, good. And like everyone I've talked to said, they've been to Seattle like a dozen times and they've never caught a sunny day. And we had a beautifully sunny day. Yeah, that would have been nice. And that would yeah. probably made a big difference. Yeah. So yeah. as far as I'm concerned, Seattle's just sunny all the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right on. Oh, and then I shout out to uh, Cyrus. Cyrus S. from Seattle because he was my kind of virtual tour guide. Oh, good. Because he lives there, so he was texting me... Uh, I know. I saw, I, a couple, check out. I saw a couple tweets go through. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then we were trying to meet up, but then, you know, sorry, Cyrus. But by the time we got the car, we just had to hightail it for home. Yeah. Did you catch up? Uh, did you meet Justin again? No. No, you didn't catch up there. No. Well, oh, yeah, because everything been, uh, was late. Everything yeah, was yeah. late a day. Yeah. So I missed him by a day. Yeah, too bad. Yeah. Did you go to Grand Coulee again? No, didn't no, have time. Didn't That's have time. where we were headed when the car broke. Uh Right on. Well, glad to see you're back safe and sound. Back. No problems at the border? What did he say at the border? Nothing. Nothing, no, eh? No problems. Either no. way, either way, boom, boom. Yeah. This time we had our, I had printed out our rooms and stuff. Oh, yeah. But then they didn't even want them. Yeah. Like, you want my rooms? They're like, no, nah, just go. You asked him. You're like, I'm all he's, prepared. He's just like, well, do you have a place to stay? And I was like, yeah. You want them? And he's like, no, just go. Wow. Get out of here. Nice. But I did have the radar detector, so. That's good. But with no fucking suction cup oh right <laughs> so i had to rig it up <laughs> so thanks for that yeah no problem <laughs> that's my trip report nice American trip report nice that's yeah. efrain as well which is efrain yeah that's oh, always good to see efrain do you want to hear a couple of trip reports? You want to stay sure. on that, yeah, or let's do you... go? Let's go with it. Yeah. Do you want to play the new jingle or the other jingle? Which jingle. The, the one with uh, oh, Terrence the, McKenna uh, on there. From our buddy Neil. Uh, shit, Neil. Yeah. Well, I know it's Neil. I forget your last name, Neil. Sorry, buddy. But I remember Neil. I think. Oh, Neil D. That's Neil right. D. <laughs> I don't want to say his last name. Um, hmm. I'll start off with a little one here. Is it? You played it before the show. Psychedelics are catalysts of consciousness. There's your didgeridoo. Kinda. Okay, this is from, uh, this is a pretty pretty uh, quick one, and then I got a longer one for you. This is from Alex. He says, I've treated a good friend to an LSD trip for his birthday for years now. On the last one, we drove down to California and camped in the Redwoods. Ooh, the, what's that called? The Sequoia? The Sequoia Forest? Yeah, maybe one of them. Uh, we dosed at about three and said a prayer for a good time. My buddy was going through some stuff and was praying for some answers that I thought were a little unattainable. <laughs> I thought, oh, well, it will all be good. A few hours go by and we we're having a blast laying by a stream looking at the trees. As soon as it got dark, it started getting weird. We're gonzo on white fluff, LSD. I say something stupid all high, like maybe we're already dead or something. We were jamming a Grateful Dead show. <laughs> My friend loses it. He looks at me like we've never met in his life and asks me why I'm here and, and, and is he dead? I'm like, oh, fuck. <clears throat> no, buddy, we were both alive and just very high in the woods. A while passes and it's going downhill. I'm doing my best to explain that we took LSD. We've known each other for most of our lives and it's going to be good in the morning. He believes none of it. Maybe just surrender to the death vibe and see where it goes. He's gone. He keeps convincing himself that I'm an alien. 
They came from far out to reveal the secrets of the universe to him. I'm getting real scared. At this point, he's been telling me all sorts of crazy stuff, and I'm starting to believe we sent, we were sent to some limbo reality and might be stuck. I was an alien, the devil, a cult leader, a figment of his imagination. The list goes on. We are still best friends, but don't really talk about that night a lot. That was the worst, best night of my life. I'll never forget <laughs> that. We drove 10 hours home in silence. Yeah. It almost ruined their friendship. Yeah. That's a good one. Thanks, Alex. I know the feeling. Do you? Yeah. I'm waiting for your trip report, buddy. You should write that up. You should write that up for me to read. Haven't I said it already? No, I don't. I think you keep talking about saying it, but. Maybe I'll send it in anonymously. That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking about just throwing it out there. Maybe one day. Yeah. So I got another one here. It's, uh. I got I to gotta sort of get it together because it's a continuation. So do you want to get into it here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So now I just got to figure out which one's... For, oh, no. Oh, no, now I'm all, uh, you, all confused you here. You fuck it up. You fuck it up, ghoul. Okay, so this is from, uh, this is from a, a longtime friend of the show, uh, Anonymous. So don't let me say his name, Darren. That's Anonymous. Is it CF? No. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, hey guys, really great episode with Anthony Peake. I would agree with many of his hypotheses about the pineal gland and DMT's role in facilitating consciousness. Now, reminiscent of Adam Curry, I could say I at least have a bit of standing in this area. In my many trips on DMT, I personally think they are very related. I, I can't, uh, it can be hard to say for sure because firstly, one must contend with the difficulty and really being able to hold on and remember the experience in its totality. And also because like you guys discussed, we approach the edge of scientific repeatability and the boundary of subjective experience. And as another important aside, just like every DMT trip is different. They do share some kind of underlying fabric or commonalities. I have found from many trips is that at first glance, a straight vaporized DMT trip is not like a lucid dream or OBE. The imagery is usually very distinctive to that special specific chemical. And while completely impossible to put into language, suffice to say it is much like a platonic solids ideal, very geometric and perfect. However, when one reflects upon it, there are many things that are very much like a dream in their clarity, like epiphanies that come about sometimes the imagery itself, but also extremely similar in the way the experience fades so goddamn fast after it wears off. It is so much like when one wakes up in the middle of the night from an immersive dream. I can't say I know anything for sure. DMT showed me that firsthand but I have thought maybe it's because the chemical I ingest at those times came from a different source through different means. Like perhaps since this DMT is usually a mimosa hostels plant that I have to chemically separate, maybe that would make a sort of different experience than when my brain just takes up my own made DMT. Who can say yet, really? I do not, I do not, I do know 
On multiple occasions, I have gotten up to go to the bathroom at night in that half-asleep grog that is enough to stumble to the toilet, but certainly not enough to drive a car, and I've closed my eyes and clearly seen what I call a chrysanthemum. Or the hyper... Yeah. Or the hypergeometric and detailed flowery Mandela Y patterns one usually gets at the very onset of smoking DMT. Those times it is not as vividly covered, but in my personal fallible opinion, functionally identical. And that is from an otherwise sober mind, still sort of stuck in sleep mode. Anecdotes are anecdotes, but in this realm, that's all we have. In any case, this episode made me really want to extract more and try again. It's been over a year since I last did, and I've been exploring other entheogens. And also to share more of my trip reports, which although I said I would do last time, I know I never got around to. So watch the inbox. I need to carve out some time and really craft it. Another donation coming soon. It's been tight here recently, but I'll keep doing my best to help out the show. Thank you for all that you do, and of course, for your courage. So that reminds me of the experience that I had a little bit uh, under the light device. So do you remember? So, oh, actually this is about Anthony Peake, right? We were talking about the Lucia light device, right? Yeah. The one we're going to go do is the Pandora star. It's the sort of cheaper version. So cheap, we're going to do something cheap and I can end up with fucking. No, 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 not at all. It's just not the, like the really, really expensive, originally designed Lucia, Have you done this yet? I did it already. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't I, didn't you see that? That's it right there. Just I showing Darren. I'm showing Darren my Instagram. Oh, we're, pics this is at Float it. Life. We're yeah. doing this at Float Life. Yeah, yeah. He's got the three devices. Huh. Lisa's still got a couple of floats. So there. you lie under it, and it and it flashes in lights. In the tank? No, no, no. This is a separate experience. Okay. I did the tank with the Monroe Institute. That was pretty cool. Cool. With like didgeridoos and shamanic sounds and instruments. It's that journey. That journey one. It's pretty cool. The Dreaming Gate is called. So, okay, anyways, so this one. So you lie down Tuesday and the, and the, well, I don't know yet. I'm trying to arrange it, but we'll do a podcast in in the, in there, I guess, and uh, we'll and I'll treat you to the light device. He's got a new program that syncs with music, so it's like a it's like an open source thing, so people can send in specific light flashing programs that it follows. And then it uh, it affects your like. I, so, so my so eyes are someone closed. Someone else is in charge of your experience. No, it's set okay. up. It's like it's computer okay. set up. So you lie on the pillow, the thing's over your your forehead, and it flashes right to certain patterns. And then I see like fucking colors and vivid geometrical shapes. And I felt like I almost slipped out of dimension a couple times. Like with a little bit of practice, I could have an OBE. Does anyone see you know? Well, that's what everybody asks, but no. Apparently, it's pretty good. <laughs> Is that good. a popular question? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it's pretty good for migraines, but I don't know about seizures or people that have epilepsy, epilepsy or anything like that. Good for triggering migraines? No, it's oh. good for like salt, um, healing them. So, nice. yeah, I'm looking forward to you trying it out. It's pretty intense at first. I'm in. Tuesday? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, crazy colors and vivid imagery. And I think it, it might be grabbing, it might be um, um, helping your pineal gland create DMT. DMT? Yeah. Can I have your DMT if you die? We should, yeah, they should harvest DMT from dead bodies. <laughs> There's the quote <laughs> of the week. <laughs> 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 what else you got? 
Well, I've got that. Uh, I've got uh, been keeping my eyes on the inbox, and I've got his trip report. If you want to hear it, who's that same guy? He's he sent in his trip report now. Remember, he said keep an eye on the inbox because he wants to send in trip reports. Oh, okay. So you want to let's keep it to that here. Sure. Okay. Then I have a synchro. I want to thank everybody for uh, for sending all this stuff. You. And this is a bit. This is a bit. Uh, it's a really good report, but it's a bit long. So to begin, it's important to temporarily suspend judgment and hear it out. This story encompasses the most profound experience I've ever had with DMT and the most personal. I don't think anything higher or worse of myself as a result of it. I'm no prophet or anything. Just a deranged psychonaut who hit the jackpot on one round of this amazing chemical. I apologize for its length and seemingly incoherence. Breaking through on DMT approaches the edge of what a sober mind can deal with. So things get messy. And actually, I'm waiting for you to try it. Don't you have uh, have uh, an experience coming? Possibly. Okay. <laughs> the day in question, for some reason, ended up being one where I went hard. First, I was on 150 micrograms of high test LSD. I dropped this around one. This this sounds like what. Are you- Fucking fear and loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> I dropped this around 1 p.m. and commenced drawing aimlessly. A good friend of mine showed up just to hang out, and we talked and listened to good music while the effects ramped up for me. After a while, another friend of mine, my best and also my psychonautics partner, came over with the devil's lettuce. So at about the four-hour mark, I blazed with him and kicked, and kicked the LSD back to a high level. I continued drawing and talking and jamming out, and the first friend left. At this, I broke out the DMT and the glass vapor genie. Our dream digs. <laughs> Our signature Deems rig. That's what I was supposed to say. You know what Deems is, Darren? No. Short for DMT, I bet. Is it? My buddy went first and had quite a I'd trip. I'd like to see a picture of that, that rig. Yeah. Uh, my buddy went first and had quite a trip himself. After he came down at about seven, he started doodling and processing his trip quietly. I loaded the old girl up and took a moment. The Grimerica boys skydived recently, and although I've never done that myself, I can only imagine a similar feeling to when you jump out of the door. That moment, the one moment before, and then you're gone. It's that moment of apprehension. It doesn't matter how many times you've done it before. Always. I just want to say as well, like we don't condone this. We're not against it. People have a sovereign. We believe that, or I believe that people have a sovereign, <laughs> sovereign right over their consciousness, right? And so to do it at your own risk. Fuck but off, not really. Disclaimer. Nobody cares. Well, You're pe- always disclaiming. Well, I feel like I need to. Like, okay. <sighs> okay, so where was I? <laughs> Graham Buzzkill. I took one hit, held it in. I started feeling fuzzy immediately. I took the next, and I started seeing my living room, I guess, vibrate. It looked and felt like I fucked it up somehow, like I didn't load enough or sucked it down where I couldn't get vaporized, and I immediately thought my trip was doomed. Still, something in the back of my head screamed, just do one more, coward, do it. And I did, a Herculean effort. I sat and watched my living room vibrate slightly and the colors distort, thinking, maybe not enough. And then, you're there. 
Ding. Just like that. Like you were all along. Duh, you idiot. I watched everything, the room, my stuff, like the table and my drawing materials, and even the light itself take on a hyper-high definition, better than any cutting-edge television. And I saw little things coming off them, flickering pieces of shapes, like it was rendering in real time in front of me. The best I can put it into words would definitely be platonic solids. I watched my, fl- my friend in clear mindset, but also like it was a simultaneously foreign or alien and a not mainstream idea of the word, or maybe so. He ignored me and continued his art. I then looked at my right hand in front of me. Hands have a remarkable fascination with aficionados of psychedelics, and I can attest to that. I thought, well, this is neat, but I wanted a mystical experience for once. In a way, I wanted to meet God. And then my hand started waving at me, like saying, hi, it was me. And it was definitely not me that did this. Did it matter? Not at all. I met God. I didn't have to look any further than my own hand. I was blown away. It was so obvious. Out of the corner of my vision, I saw a flickering shape of a being. But what my brain understood was an image of an old man. The old man gave me a tired, resigned smile, like a parent who is... (laughs) who has to let their children make their own mistakes now, and it's mostly out of their hands. I understood. This was a piece of the being everyone refers to popularly as God, Jehovah, or whatever. I understood it to be more like our regional branch manager. He was our God, but not the top of the pyramid. And more so, I seemed to be told we were all in our own time and ways destined to be the same. I started coming down then and began texting my girlfriend as fast as I could. It felt to me like while the effects lasted, I could maybe not channel, but at least interpret for this being sort of like how people do in a meeting when they speak different languages. I told her, but what was really meant for me, her and every single person was that everything is going to be okay. Maybe not in what becomes small time shit at that level, like personal woes and ups and downs or even some calamity or catastrophe, but if it's all just a simulation game grand play where death is only a quick stint off stage to change costumes, it doesn't matter. Everything is going to be all right. Relax. Do good. So, thing. <laughs> so, be all right. so anyone is welcome to believe anything they want, including that I'm full of shit or deluded, but as far as I'm concerned, this happened to me, and that's the message I came back with. Everything will be okay. I was on one and a half hits of acid, a bowl of weed, and about 50 milligrams of DMT. So, hey, maybe I was just crazy. But honestly, it doesn't matter. I finished my drawing soon afterward, and it felt like the chemicals aided my creativity greatly. The piece holds a lot of personal value for me, even if it isn't, strictly, the best thing I've ever done. And that being over a year ago, I have not traveled back to that land since. Still, I've been feeling its pull. Recently, I've been hearing more chatter about it again over over things like Grimerica. And in a way, I kind of see that as a message to saddle up once more. So thanks for hearing me out and taking what you taking from it what you may. I have other experiences too for another time. But this one, most certainly the closest I feel to ever come to what I call the infinite creator. It was amazing. It's all just a ride. 
it's all gonna be okay. <clears throat> That's right. Um, I was wearing my Bill Hicks shirt yesterday. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was uh, that was interesting. That was a good one, yeah. Yeah, I remember. See, the ham thing was around for a while. I remember in the early nineties. Before you know, when I used to partake in this stuff, that you—that's what you would do. You try to look at your hand, and the trippy that's thing was, you could see it fucking breathing, right? Like you'd be like, and and I was thinking, am I just seeing reality? You know, does it open up something to show you that this is really what your hand is doing? But in our normal state, we can't see it. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes when I'm on mushrooms, like it doesn't seem like they're my hands. Yeah. It's part of my little puppet. Yeah. Because I'm controlling them. Yeah. But they're not really mine. So I got a little synchro for you to rate. All right. For you to rate? Oh, you can rate it. I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone. And don't believe it yet. I know what I would rate it. So I was uh, in Seattle. And Cyrus was texting me things to do. And that uh, if I needed a hand, he would like to lend one. And if not, maybe just meet up and, uh, you know, say hello, shake my hand, maybe have a coffee or something like that. Um... And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, I'm at the Nirvana, or I said, I'm at the Nirvana exhibit right now at the museum. But text me when you get off work, and I'll see what's up. And then he texted me this picture here oh. that he was wearing his Nirvana shirt. And he says it's extra crazy because he's only supposed to wear a white shirt, but he was running late, so he just kept it on. I said, fuck it. Oh, that's weird. So yeah. it's not like a normal, you know, he doesn't wear his Nirvana shirt every week or whatever, probably. No, he's always supposed to wear a white shirt as part of his uniform. That's weird. Yeah. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. I think seven, yeah. 7.42. Yeah. I was going to give it like yeah. a six. Oh, really? Yeah. I'll take that. Jeez. Even is your own rate, your own synchro is pretty low, too. So I have a very similar one to tell you about when we have Mark. For um, me, it's less because like if I'm in Seattle, I'm doing or like the first thing I did yeah. is <clears throat> sought out something Nirvana to do. So I went yeah, there. Yeah, but he doesn't, I mean, yeah. we, you guys don't even know if you're the same age, you like the same music, all that. Yeah. It is pretty, you know. I went to Kurt Cobain's house too. Ah, that's good. Yeah. Went to the bench beside his house and smoked a joint. I smoked a half a joint and left half of it there. Me and the wife. So, should I tell you about my... I listened to Come As You Are. <clears throat> Did you? Yeah. Why that one? fairly sentimental. That's just what popped up from my player when I went to Nirvana. Really? You just did a random... There's none, none of them that had more meaning than that? No, it's all pretty good. It was the Unplugged album, so it's all mm. pretty good. Mm. Plus, you drive through Aberdeen, and the, t the town slogan is Come As You Are. Did, did Nirvana make a big impact on you when you were younger? Yeah. Really? Yeah, for sure, yeah. I was a huge Kurt Cobain fan when I was a kid. You are a huge what? Kurt Cobain fan oh, really? when I was a kid, yeah. Mm. I was right around that age, right? I was like... How old were you then? I was like in grade 14, nine. 15, when, I was in yeah, grade yeah. nine when he died. Grade but, nine when he died, huh? Yeah. Mm. So, I mean, most of my fandom was after. 
But like Smells Like Teen Spirit was probably like the first album I got. I think the only album I got before that was maybe Guns N' Roses. I got a Guns N' Roses <laughs> album. Which, which and maybe the, the Aerosmith one with, I forget what, what song it was. It was. It was an Aerosmith song that I liked when I was a kid. Kings and Queens. So I had it on cassette tape. Cassette tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got... <laughs> and then I got it... Uh, I also had smells like Teen Spirit on cassette tape. Mm. What, what was the what was the other question I had for you? What was the what was the Guns N' Roses album you had? Use like your illusion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. History uh. had the ladder. That was like the prime Axel days. Uh. Right. No, Axel's prime was when he fucking came to Vancouver, and two weeks after Sweet Child of Mine came out, that was crazy. Really? You yeah. seen it? Yeah. Nice. That was awesome. We were like, "Who are these guys?" Like they're brand new. We didn't know what it. And he was. Fuck? They played. They opened for Iron Maiden. Nice. And we we're like, "These guys stole the show. They're amazing." <laughs> and like that was two weeks after Sweet Child, and then they're just like fucking instant. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Must have been something to be around back then. And then we used to. <laughs> then we used to like. We used to just like air band that whole album. We'd just get hammered at parties, and we just fucking air band the whole album. We were so, it was so lame. I was so gay. I remember seeing uh, Rise Against in some really small venues like 10 years ago, maybe more, before they really hit it off. Same with, uh, same with Modest Mouse, but Rise Against. I remember seeing them in like, uh, fuck, I can't remember where downtown, but there couldn't have been more than 50 people there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I saw, saw I saw the hip in a Seattle at the railway club in Seattle way back when in the nineties, early nineties. That was a small oh, nice. venue. That was a good one. Nice. Yeah. Cool beans. And then I lost my mesh shoes at Monsters of Rock. Did I tell you that one? <coughs> mesh shoes. Yeah. Like fishnet. Yeah. Yeah, fishnet shoes. Yeah. How weird is that? I wore them to a rock concert and lost them. Are they shoes? I walk around in my bare feet the whole time, like fucking. Aren't they pretty much bare beard. feet if they're mesh? Well, that was why it was pretty silly to to wear those, I guess. But I probably lost them at Kingdom Come in the front. I was all excited. I could picture it, and you're little, <laughs> so you need to be at the front, or you're never going to see. <laughs> so, anything else? Yeah, I got some some uh, great. Uh, well, I got a, I got an interesting. Uh, Let's go into the spiel first. Should we go to the spiel and then this? Sure. So check out gramerica.ca slash support. All the links are in the show notes as well. All the links are in the show notes. Graham does some good show notes. Go to there. Just click on the link. Bingo Bango. You can sign up for a description in like three clicks. Uh, you know, even a buck a month for now. If everyone did a buck a month, we'd be laughing. But instead, it's like one in a hundred. Yeah. But, uh, sign up for a month there, buck a month, all the way up to 30 bucks a month. Totally helps with our ex- expenses. Ponce is king of the jungle right now, I think. Um, or do a one-time donation, or if you, if you can't do that, then uh, sign people up for the newsletter, grammarca.ca slash news. Um, you can send Gram uh, stories, synchros, jingles. trip reports, jingles, stuff like that. Um, guest suggestions. And, uh, yeah, we do. We do do a lot. Like a lot of people suggest guests, and we do pay attention to that. We do have them on, and even people send videos and stuff like that. Like uh, we try and absorb all that content. It's really hard, but we do get to a lot of it. Like I, I spend everything. a lot of time. I spend a lot of time like what like doing what the listeners suggest. We try to reply to everything, but we definitely guaranteed read. Yeah, everything. some of it gets lost for sure. 
So, and uh, like I say, you can do you can do some things to help out the value for value model that don't cost you anything at all, and that's uh, the easiest ways to do that are to review the show wherever you can, and uh, share the show wherever you can. Yeah. Tell your friends about this motherfucker or strangers or however you want to do it. Just do it. Yeah. And thanks to those of you that do, because obviously a bunch of you are doing it. Cause. Yeah, it's really great connecting with listeners. Like You can connect to us through Twitter, Instagram, or, as, or on YouTube as well. There's some platforms that you can comment and connect. It's really great. We have a fucking great bunch of listeners. Oh, yeah. We're yeah. the best listeners. We get the best emails. Like People just like very... Just very like open minded and yet um, very like st- not stable is not the, right the best word, but just like just like, like but well grounded like well great gr- country yeah we're like well grounded like open minded like hey this is what happened I don't know what the answer is but it's pretty cool that we can talk about it yeah like what else do you want that's right the best listeners in the world yeah so speaking of that got some feedback from. Harold and a couple other people about weather modification, one of my favorite topics, or I got a... No, 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 I want to hear the other, other one. The other one is even darkier. Okay. Do I play the other one? So people can remember it? Is it this one? Oh, I love this one, though. <laughs> Is that this picture up on the thing here is all about? Yeah, that's one of them. With the plane spray. You know, I think that's fo- fucking Photoshop. Just, just wait. Am I, I'm not even there yet. Okay. It's okay. an email from Harold. He says, hey guys. Those were great shows over the past few weeks. Digital realities, higher consciousness, they're fantastic. Even Reese Thomas on Healing was so good I listened twice. Thanks for all your good work. So he says, hey, I was writing about a few uh, old videos I watched on YouTube. He's like, I know, YouTube. Right. But this is from the 50s and from someone we all trust, Disney, the wonderful world of Disney. The first one is on weather modification, 1959. The show makes it look like a science show in the beginning, but then comes right out to tell you that they are working on controlling the weather. And they did this with a cartoon. It wasn't really with a cartoon. I'll, I'll play a clip. For, I'll play a clip of this from for you, Darren. So when Darren reads the 1978 weather panel study, that was really old news. Disney already told us this 17 years earlier in a cartoon. And it wasn't a cartoon, but it was, you know, like, it was made up. What was it? It was just, it was like a science documentary for Disney. But it was a cartoon? But no, they had like, you know, like... So I just say cartoon. What? Because it wasn't like a traditional Disney cartoon, right? I don't know why he called it a cartoon. I'll I'll show you some of it. I don't don't think I want to see it. (laughs) You want to hear it? It's really really good. He says, watch the end. (laughs) Close to what we are doing now. He says, weird to watch with an open mind. But what made me think is you look at the track of Hurricane Matthew that is close to the Atlantic today on October 4th. Look at his track going west and all of a sudden a big right and direct north. I don't know. Just check it out. Okay. 
Am I, are you, am I ready? He says, uh, and then he sends another another link to a Mars one that I haven't really got into yet. Mars chemtrails? <laughs> no, about uh, going to Mars or look at going to Mars. Anyways, he says, just to disclose, I'm a big Disney fan. I just live about 150 miles away. Graham's going to Mars. Just watching all these old shows I remember when I was a kid. I just watched these two and seen it a little different, probably due to your show. Knowing that Disney worked closer with the government in the 40s, so who knows how long that relationship lasted. Okay, Darren, what do you think about this one? Are they telling us stuff before they do it? Maybe years before? So if yes, then what are they telling us today, and how are they saying it? But more important, what are they saying? Just my thoughts, spam from Florida, old friend and listener for number one, Harold. So I got a, I got a clip here for you. Roldy. Oh, we didn't even test to see if these clips would work. Yeah. So this video, it's uh, it's only like twenty five minutes, but it goes into what how they're the tracking. We're not watching. No, no, no. Just they're, they're, they go into how they're tracking. We're track not playing twenty five minutes. I got a clip for for you. From how I, long I went is and clip? sifted through the best part for you. Okay. They go through how they're tracking weather and how all that stuff. Oh man, would you okay, let me finish? Okay, okay, okay. It's like a minute. Okay. A minute and a half, and then I have the ending to play for you. It's just like five, ten seconds. Okay. Okay. I've done my homework. Okay. I'm just making sure because the last clip was a train wreck. Yeah. I know. <laughs> okay. It needed to happen. It did. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't delete it. <laughs> Everyone. They go knows. through, they go through how they're me measuring the weather all over the world and how they're predicting where it goes. And all this they've got satellites in the air. And this is back in 1959, right? And then they get to the point where they're f watching these storms collide and this is what they're going to do. Okay. The battle begins. On the ground, push of a chemical cloud seeders begin to work the two storm areas. Robot planes seed the clouds from above. <laughs> the storm centers over Kansas and over Labrador intensify as seeding continues. Now changing over to Hurricane Center H.A. The fury of the hurricane mounts as 100-mile-an-hour winds lash the sea to a foaming frenzy. All stations, Sector C. Activate Phase 2 Control Plan Delta. <laughs> Set vapor rockets for 42,000 feet. As an emergency measure, the controller calls for a salvo of vapor rockets to be fired ahead of the path the hurricane is predicted to take. This is weather warfare. No, this is these like artificial weather clouds control. will block the sun from evaporating more artificial water clouds to will feed block. the hurricane. Yeah. The reports coming into the control center indicate that the diversionary cloud seeding over Kansas is now creating a flood danger. <laughs> Specially equipped robot aircraft are dispatched immediately to release a high concentration of cloud-seeding material into the fringes of the storm. Heavier seeding from the ground also helps to subdue the rain by spreading it over a wider area. The controller calls for another view of the hurricane, which has now moved closer to the coast. Signal out on number one satellite. Ten-minute interruption for correction. Have you anything else in the area? Satellite station S1 is approaching area. We'll make contact. S1, S1, this is Weather Central. 
Request video signal at grid coordinates, Coco. An emergency situation has developed. In an orbiting space station a thousand miles above the hurricane, a crewman sends a temporary picture back to Weather Central. Okay, S1, your video is R5S5. Thank you. The hurricane has stopped moving toward the coast, but is still intensifying. It must be made to move northward and out to sea. This is... So there you go. That's that part. It's pretty funny. Sounds like a futuristic movie. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And then this is the ending here. The storm is over. The danger has passed. The hurricane has been defeated, <laughs> turned away from the land, and left to spend itself harmlessly far out at sea. Maybe not harmlessly. In the world of tomorrow, weather control will enrich and safeguard our daily lives. <laughs> Sounds good. In the foreseeable future, we will conquer more than violent storms. We will turn the destructive elements of today into new sources of power, shaping the land on which we live. All mankind will benefit. Arid wastelands will be made green and fertile. <laughs> This All sounds, mankind sounds fans, fantastic. And womankind too. Yeah. By association. Man-made satellites will probe the secrets of the skies. <laughs> they will be our eyes in outer yeah. space. This all sounds super. Isn't that crazy, eh? Yeah. Eh? We're gonna terraform the earth, basically. Then to then Mars. <laughs> yeah. So we can send you guys to Mars. Yeah. Do you think we could do a podcast between here and Mars, or do you think the delay would be too much? Uh, probably too much of a delay, but who knows? I don't have the answer to that. A couple of minutes, probably, eh? Minute. Oh, got another, uh, got another email here. This is the one that you were dissing before we started this, and this is from uh, Stephen Clanmeister. He's a friend of the show. I think he's in I the UK dissing. posse. I was dissing? Yeah. And that's up there on the screen there, Oh, Darren. that was dissing the screen. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, satellite imagery. So he sent, uh, he sent a link of NASA imagery. NASA? <clears throat> um, about, uh, about from the clouds, about the clouds. And there's a bunch of fake, like, it's crazy imagery here. Like, if you look at some of this, I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes. Look at this one. You know? And people say that, oh, it's just contrails, right? I mean, if it's contrails, why are, they, are we fucking creating clouds like that? Are you doing? That's, uh, that's a pretty good one. I'm skeptical. What are you skeptical of? Look at that one. Like, it's like are they grid patterns. Photos? I don't know. Is it possible that's some sort of Yeah, it's time lapse, of... I think. Yeah, time lapse. So that's like a day's worth of flights? Probably. Huh. Hmm. The images, uh, the images provide shocking and undeniable proof of the ongoing global climate engineering, solar radiation management assault on our planet and its life support systems. Highly toxic heavy metals and chemicals that are systematically sprayed into our atmosphere from jet aircraft are part of the geoengineering SRM programs. And they're manipulated, extremely powerful 
radio frequency signals, just like they said from Disney back in 1959. These signals are transmitted from countless locations around the globe from various types of transmission platforms, i.e. ionospheric heater installations like HARP, SBX radar, NEXRAD, etc. And the impact of microwave transmissions on cloud formations is profound and highly visible. Square cloud formations are created under some scenarios. In the series of NASA images below, many variations of radio frequency cloud impacts can be observed. The degree to which the ongoing climate engineering intervention, intervention weather warfare is disrupting Earth's atmosphere and life support system is already beyond catastrophic and happening all over the globe. In other words, don't fucking blame the slaves for global warming. Okay, you win. That's it, buddy. I'm done. Graham is an all-in believer. No, come on. Mike, that's not fair. That's not fair. You got to stop playing that. I'm not an all-in believer in it. I think you are. No. Okay. Something's going on. I don't know to what extent. <laughs> You're all-in. Um, so, hey, I got an interesting UFO quote of the week this week. It's very appropriate. I thought we were done with that. What do you mean? Have you been doing it? I feel like we haven't done it in a while. Uh, yeah, I think we have. Um, I do have to find this one, though. Now it's going to be a little bit difficult here. You brought it up. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is a little-known part of disclosure history. What's so funny? Nothing. This is a letter from uh, Edgar Mitchell and Stephen Greer <clears throat> and those guys back in... Uh, and a whole whack of them back in 1995 to the Clintons. This is, the, this is from the Project Starlight Coalition. June 4th, 1995. Is to, this one of the leaked emails? Uh, it's kind of got to do with that, yeah. Uh, this is um, it's probably from the, I think it's actually from the Clinton Library. So it says, uh, this is to William Jesser, Jessifer. Jefferson Clinton, dear Mr. President, we... The members of the Starlight Coalition, a group of American and international citizens working to affect a public disclosure of the UFO slash extraterrestrial issue, respectfully request the following. That appropriate members of the administration meet with members of the Project Starlight Coalition to review significant evidence and witness testimony related to the subject. That the president issue an executive order to release U.S. government witnesses from their national security obligations and oaths related to the subject so that they may provide public testimony. That the president issue an executive order to declassify and release currently classified materials, documents, and evidence related to the subject. We feel that these requests are consistent with recent administrative act administration actions which resulted in the release of classified information related to the Department of Energy intelligence, satellite photographs, and other documents. We recommend that this matter be handled expeditiously, and we respectfully look forward to your reply. Sincerely, and there's a whole whack of signatures. How much is a whole whack? About like 20 maybe or something like that. 20? Yeah. Do you want me to read the names or no? No. Okay. Absolutely not. So the you want to hear the reply? Sure. Stephen M. Greer. Richard. Director of the Center for the Study of Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Dear Mr. Greer, dear Dr. Greer, on behalf of President Clinton, thank you for your letter and the information regarding your work on the letter on the on the issue of extraterrestrials. 
The president appreciates your interest and longstanding involvement in this issue. Don't forget, this is from 95. I have forwarded your request for a meeting with members of the administration to the appropriate White House staff. Thank you for taking the time to write. Sincerely, James A. Dorkind, Special Assistant to the President, Director of Correspondence and Presidential Messages. That's a generic. They just punch in a couple of, there's a couple spots they punch yeah, in. Yeah, we bit. forwarded on to the right people. Thank yeah, you for your letter. But right I mean, it's pretty cool they garbage. got it. They didn't diss it. They didn't say like they did, uh, you know, nowadays, well, there's so no the evidence and all that. You know, we kind of disregard the thousands of witness testimonies and. Disregard. Yeah. I think that about wraps it up. Right on. That was a long intro. That was, that was a fun, fun one. Yeah, it's good. Hit the ground running. Oh, I didn't even tell you my synchronicity with Mark. Remind me, because it's about the episode we have coming up, and I think I'm going to get Mark in the studio to, to, to help us with that one. It's on the Beatles and the John, the, the uh, Paul McCartney thing. Don't you ever Man, play I got a synchro. All right. right. Well, you guys enjoy the chat. It's very similar to your, your one with uh, my one? size. With uh, Cyrus? Yeah. Cyrus the virus? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> That could come off as inappropriate. Um, enjoy the chat with, uh, what's his name again? <laughs> Richard Diaz. Richard Diaz. Yeah, on Heavy Doctor, Metal So many doctors lately, and so many Richards. Yeah. That's the problem. I've been trying to detox, I've been trying the detox that we talked about in there. The cytodetox. That's Where are you going to get the detox, test? So. Are you taking I just did the out? detox anyways. Yeah. And I started getting like toothaches and stuff, and like Sweet coincidentally bastard. around the time I started taking the detox, which I don't know if it's pulling mercury out of my teeth or something, or if it's fucking around with the I'll pull your the metals that they have in there. Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Damn. So I do have mercury fillings. It's crazy. Like I thought back in the nineties, I thought this was all set and we were we were safe from all this. I thought the dentists were no longer allowed to do this. And I felt like we were safe, but maybe that's Here like a, a Mandela effect when really it didn't happen. Uh, a couple of, uh, one of our grandma listeners says the Mandela effect is bullshit. Sorry, but she's Oh yeah, of course a lot of people would. Berenstein Bears is on She's been alive. It's been staying all along? Yeah. Hmm. Oh no, what I about, was wrong. What about it Jaws and the, Jaws and the, and so. the braces? That was a good one. And the Star Wars? The Star Wars one and the Jaws ones are pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. Star Wars? Yeah. Luke, I'm your father. I'm not your father, whatever. Or whatever, whatever he says. I'm not a big fanboy, so I can't comment on oh, this yeah, Star right. Wars nonsense. There's some emails. GrandmuckAmerica.com Alright guys, enjoy the chat with Dr. Richard.
All right, tonight we have Richard Diaz here. He's uh, written a book called Illness Defined. It's uh, it's a few years old now. We'll talk about some of his latest research as well about toxic toxins and poisons and heavy metal toxicity. It's pretty interesting. I've been hearing I don't know more and more about it lately. So it's kind of it's good timing for me and my personal life to chat with you, Richard. So thanks for coming on the show. My pleasure. Yeah, it's really interesting. After Darren, <clears throat> Darren and I were talking about uh, your work, mm-hmm. and we were listening to one of your podcasts, and and I and I was I've been listening to all these other podcasts as well, and I started hearing this come up in other areas. So I was like, oh, I guess we should have him on to talk about this. <laughs> well, it's a it's the best kept secret in in history. I don't know if you guys know it, but there have been three um, mercury wars. In, in uh, the last two centuries, the first one started in 1835 when a couple of dentists from France came over to the United States and decided to uh, use their uh, uh, creative uh, juices and fill everybody's teeth with mercury. There were two different uh, dental associations. One was, of course, the American Associ- uh, Dental Association, and then there was another one that uh, did not want to use mercury. And they fought for maybe 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. and the American Dental Association won. That, uh, that paved the way to have everybody in, in the country and probably the world uh, fill their teeth with mercury fillings. Wow. And, and it's interesting because when I remember, I remember back, I don't know, when I was a kid or young adult, probably like people, you know, people knew that mercury was bad and they were starting to take it out of their mouths and like the dentist would no longer put mercury fillings in. I mean, we're in Canada. I think it's a little different than, than it was or that it is in the States. But, but I mean, you know, we're starting off with mercury here right now because that's kind of the most common and the most uh, Our obvious mercury, Would mine be mercury? But, but then, but then they stop putting them in. But people do still have them in. Like I thought, everybody would have finished, like would not have any more in. No, actually, I'm going to tell you the secret to this. Um, when you, uh, when a dentist will fill your teeth with mercury, uh, he does not need any uh, artistic talent. In other words, he cannot. He doesn't shape the tooth. He fills the tooth with mercury, tells you to bite down, and then he scrapes off the excess. Simple, easy, and cheap. Uh, the dentist will make mo- the most money off of a mercury filling. Uh, the alternative is a composite. It's a white. Uh, you know what bondo is? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's kind of like a bondo. Uh, He mixes it A and B and sticks it in your tooth, and it's pliable for only about 10 or 15 minutes, and he has to shape it. Otherwise, he'll be grinding your tooth for an hour. So uh, a lot of dentists have gone to composites, but those are the creative and talented dentists. The ones that have no talent still use mercury. Wow, so they still are allowed, aren't they, are they disallowed in some areas? Like, I really didn't think they were allowed in Canada, but. Absolutely not. They, they, if they even mention the word mercury to a patient, they can have their dental license taken away. So what's the amalgam then? That's a, is that a, a mercury with silver or something or with something <laughs> else? Well, that's, that's the way they fooled everybody. 
Um, instead of calling it a, a mercury filling, they started calling it a silver filling, which is an, a misnomer. Um, uh, an amalgam is 50% mercury, 35% silver, and 15% other metals. <laughs> Do they have to define that, or is it just a mix of other stuff? No, well, they do define it, but uh, it changes from from one dentist to another. He, um, a dentist, um, mix mercury differently. Uh, sometimes when it comes comes from the uh, mercury distributor, it comes in little capsules, so he doesn't have a choice, and and he mixes the capsule the way it is. But sometimes when they write, or, or want to save money, they'll take some mercury out of a flask, a seventy-two pound flask, and mix it with silver and other metals. So you're going to get a composite of uh, a different uh, mixtures. Hmm. And, and let me let me get into a little detail here that uh, nobody, absolutely nobody has thought of. When you put a heavy metal into a warm, wet environment, you have created a battery. That's exactly what's happening in your mouth. If uh, you put an amalgam into your mouth, you can actually measure a charge with an ohmmeter, and that charge is four inches from your brainstem, and it's not the same currency that the brainstem sends the the body. Hmm. So what do you got? You have uh, neurosis, psychosis, uh, bipolar, and believe me, I've dealt with people uh, well, I'll give you the name of one guy that I, I dealt with. His name was uh, Charlie Sheen. I talked. Uh, I started talking to him on March 11th, 2011, I think it was. And um, he was being accused of uh, uh, being bipolar and schizophrenic. And uh, he was just damn crazy. Uh, anyway, I, ca- I contacted him and I told him that, uh, and I did not talk to him. I typed it out like I I gave you the messages on on Skype, and um, I have a a five-year conversation transcribed with him. Anyway, I told him there is nothing wrong with him, and if he give give me a chance, I'll demonstrate to him that he's okay. It took me eight months to convince him to take all of his mercury fillings out Uh, by September. He had uh, taken out his last filling, and he was so happy because he had changed in character. He was no longer crazy. He was level-headed, and he said, I'm going to tell everybody about you. And I says, what the hell are you, crazy? You're going to give me a a pair of sandals I can't possibly wear. (laughs) So uh, he he never told anybody. So I, I, I don't have a problem with that either. Because um, he, he still had gold teeth in his mouth, so he had a problem. Gold bad too. Exactly, it's a heavy metal. You put it in a warm, wet environment, it creates a battery. It's not as bad as the mercury, but it is bad. Uh, so it's, so it's, that's even worse, I guess, if you're drinking coffee. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you drink coffee or chew gum. Um, or drink or uh, eat soup or something like that, something hot, it stimulates the metal and, and it uh, off gases. And you're going to breathe that every single breath you take, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. 
Now, you tell me that that's safe. Can't be. So what's the mainstream view on, on mercury and dental fillings now? Like, it's, it seems like quite a controversy over, you know, whether it was safe or not and whether <clears throat> they should be doing it or not. Like, do they, do they accept that it's not safe now, but they still leave this in people's, in people's teeth? I mean, you're saying that people are still giving mercury fillings, right? So is it still like a big controversy then? Oh, yeah. The dentist will not talk about it. If you mention it, he'll throw you out of the office because he's, his license is at risk. Um, there are dentists in the country and in the world, actually, that will practice um, uh, no mercury uh, or, or, or clean dentistry. And um, they're at uh, – actually, that organization was started in Canada uh, – Give me a second. I'll I'll pull it up. Yeah, actually, I think you're. I think it. Uh, if you go there, it'll help you find uh, dentists in your area, right? Exactly. Uh, it's international organization of something. I don't know. Holistic I, holistic dentistry or something like that. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm just going to type in mercury uh, dentistry. Yeah, I can uh, I can find that too if uh, if you don't have it. I know it's um, in my notes here somewhere already. Yeah, I A O M T, the International Academy of Oral Medicine and Toxicology. That's where you find the dentists that will practice without mercury. And believe me, these people know what they're doing. When they uh, pull out the mercury out of your mouth. They put a dam at the back of your throat so you swallow nothing. They feed you solid oxygen. They uh, uh, cushion your mouth with gauze. And they have an evacuation system that will take out any fumes. They also wear spacesuits to, t- to uh, work on you. They don't trust the mercury. They don't want to breathe it. Wow. And you don't, nobody knows this, only dentists know this, actually. Um, The dental profession has had the worst figures of crime, divorce, sexual deviance. Suicide. Oh, yes, Jesus, all all of that. Every single one. They've had, they're worse than policemen, they're worse than air traffic controllers. I know I remember hearing ever since I was a kid that that was the the profession with the highest suicide rate. Yep, exactly. Do you and think that's because of heavy metal poisoning? Absolutely. They, they breathe mercury fumes every day. They, they work with it every single day. So it's even worse for them than for, for people with it in their mouth, you would say? Exactly. Well, that would explain was, my ex-girlfriend because she was a dental assistant. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so uh, stay away you, from that. Batshit crazy. <laughs> you you broke up with her, right? Yeah. Let me de- let me describe her. She had a volatile temper. <laughs> she was uh, uh, fickle. She couldn't make up her mind. She was either overly aggressive or overly shy. Um, she was uh, either intellectually aggressive or very stupid. That sounds about right. <laughs> well, everybody with mercury has has a different problem. I read a sto- a, a a study by a, a dentist named um, Sybil Rude, and he actually said, 
And I, I believed it, and I haven't found anybody to uh, uh, repeat it, but he actually said that um, when you introduce mercury into the human body, it takes the immune system, which is like a seesaw. You know, you get one on one end, and it goes up and down, and um, it's perfectly normal. Well, if you put a mercury in there, or any other heavy metal, it bends it so that when it goes up, it's bent. So it's like a curve upwards. So it's the your immune system is not functioning properly. Do I make sense there? Uh, I think Darren thinks you make sense. I was having a hard time uh, picture visualizing it, but uh, I think I think I think we know what you mean. Okay. Um, it's uh, you'll never be the same until this mercury is gone. Um, you, uh, you you may be if you go go into oh geez you can you can pick out the uh, the people that are mercury laden in any high school. You look at the football players, the violent people, they got mercury. You look at uh, the academics, the ones at the top of the class, they got mercury. You look at the bottom of the class, they got mercury. Um, you look at uh, kids with uh, uh, you don't look at kids with uh, 13 years old going through puberty, but you look at kids 15, 16, 17 years old. If they have acne, their body is trying to reject the mercury. So, is there any way we can test for this? Is there an easy way we can test for this? Like, how do you? How do? If I want to know what my heavy metal count is, if like. you have fillings, are you fucked already? Yeah, yeah. Unless you want to pay to ke- uh, take them out, it's very expensive to take them out. Oof. But it's not as expensive as cancer, and it's not as expensive as Alzheimer's. So, I mean, that's the only saving grace to this. Well, you can work it into your dental program too, I guess. Right? Like, I end up my teeth are bad. I end up going. I, I end up maxing out on my dental insurance every year. Uh-huh. And I never seem to get caught up, so I'm just going to start incorporating that into my. Well, actually, I'll probably have to change dentists first because I don't want to mention this to my dentist. He's he's still feeding people fluoride. I already oh had to, I my already, gosh! I already had to reject that. I'm like, well, I don't want to put fluoride in my mouth. So. Well, I tell you what. Um, let me give you a lot, another little secret that that uh, few people are aware of. Do you know what a uh, when you do a scientific study, there's an LD factor. Do you know what that is? Yeah, no. I think so. It's it's a lethal dose factor. So when when a, a scientist does a study for a company, he wants to get the lethal dose under fifty percent. In other words, he's saying we can poison under fifty percent of the people, but we can't poison more than fifty percent. So if you put, um, if you run a, a a study with lead and you put one part per lead so it's ld1 so you what you're saying is it's okay to poison one person mm-hmm. but 90, 99 will live 1% no you're saying so 1% it's not a person it, it's a percent right right exactly yeah. so, and then you do the same study with ld1 mercury it it turns out the same, exactly the same. You you, you uh, poison one percent, ninety nine percent are free. However, if you combine LD one mercury and LD one lead, you would figure you get LD two, right? 
That's wrong. Yep. Absolutely wrong. It's LD100. How's that? <laughs> the combination of metals. It, it's lethal. It, it, if you look in prisons, you're going to find 85 to 95% of the, of the uh, prisoners in jail now, with the exception of some of the grass smokers. They're, they're only kids and they're in there for the wrong reason. But uh, any violent criminal, you'll find that they have mercury fillings. They also grew up in a lead environment. And they probably had arsenic and cadmium and uh, thallium and uh, a host of others. So this is this is hard for people to to wrap their head around. Probably right. It's, it doesn't sound very scientific. Like so, you know, t- talking about people's behaviors and and things that are being mod- modified. Like I I'm I'm sure it affects us in some way. So how how can we test that there's uh, there's heavy metals in our system or can we? Okay, now that that's a great question. The, there are actually four different tests that you could do. Only one of them they don't want you. You don't want to uh, experience. First, you take a uh, a hair test. It's a uh, quarter inch of hair from the nap of your neck, and it's uh, uh, they want to get a cubic centimeter so that they can test it for heavy metals. That will tell you the metals that you've been exposed to for the last six to nine months. That is not an accurate test. However, it will give you an indication of what you're dealing with. Once you do that test, you move on to a more accurate test like the 24-hour urine test or the blood test. And that will be uh, considerably more accurate, but it's still not 100%. The only way to get to 100% is to do an autopsy, and nobody wants to go through that. Can you get an autopsy and not be dead? <laughs> no. <laughs> Very good. So, so what's, uh, oh, man. So what with these new fillings that they have now, these white ones that you're talking about, like Bondor, are they supposedly safe? They're, yes, they're, they're a heck of a lot safer than the uh, mercury fillings. Um, it, it, this is like traveling in a car. Uh, let's say you're traveling in a Maserati and, and you're going 150 miles an hour in a 30-mile zone with mercury. And then you get a Fiat and you do 30 miles an hour with normal um, amalgam, fill, uh, not amalgam, but uh, composite fillings. You're safe. You're You're insulated. You're... You're um, not being poisoned at a high rate. And this is the most, the most exposure any one person can have from mercury is the amalgam fillings. Right. So if, what if you have the fillings in your mouth and it's an expensive process to get them out? Is there any way to kind of mitigate the damage? Oh, yeah. I did it. I, uh, I went to the dentist in 1990. And uh, I, I, I saw a 60-minute segment and said that uh, my teeth were killing me. And um, I actually felt like the Grim Reaper was breathing on the back of my neck. It was just miserable. And uh, I went to the dentist. He was a, a holistic dentist. He pra- uh, practiced mercury-free. And I said, uh, you got to show me some evidence because I'm not going to believe this until I see evidence. So he, what he did was uh, have me uh, sit down in his chair and he ran uh, 
what's called a Mercury Jerome Vapor Reader. And um, the reading, I had mercury fillings in my mouth, and the reading came out like uh, 40 parts per million. And that's what I was breathing with my mouth not active. Then he gave me a piece of gum, and he says, chew this for 10 minutes. So I did. And he came back with his Jerome uh, machine, and he ran it through again, and it ended up to be 395 parts per million. I said, you don't need any more tests. I'm convinced. Take them out. <clears throat> and he, he actually got nervous. He, he, uh, he was uh, very upset. And um, he said, no, 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 we want to fill this. And and I said, whoa, wait a minute, how much money are you going to talk? And he says, about six or $8,000. And I says, drop dead. Get me the pliers. They're coming out today. Don't, don't give me crap. And he was so scared, he was almost going to call the police. So he says, look, he says, I know how serious you are. You want to get an oral surgeon to do it properly. So let me make a, uh, an appointment for an oral surgeon. So uh, the next day I went into an oral surgeon. He put me under anesthetics and uh, uh, I think it was 12 teeth with mercury fillings came out of my mouth in one sitting. And it cost me $600. Wow. Just pulled all the teeth instead of, because the other option would be having it chiseled out. Can you like cover it with something, coat it or anything? No, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. That's like... Uh, you know, being shot with a bullet. What do you want to do? Put a Band-Aid over it? <laughs> yeah. So so did you notice a difference right away? Absolutely. I was, uh, they gave me a, a fistful of drugs to take for the pain. And uh, that was, uh, uh, I had the teeth removed on Thursday. I was uh, asleep or on medication on, on Friday. On Saturday, the Grim Reaper was gone. I ran 50 yards, and I said, my God, I'm going to be 18 years old any second now. That was a mistake. Um, the mercury, the source of the mercury was gone, but the body burden was still there. What happened was I removed the source, and the body burden started shifting. It, go, it went into my bloodstream and moved around. So I, I uh, couldn't run anymore after about two or three weeks. So then what, what did you do? To de did you have to detox it somehow? Yeah. Uh, I started in with vitamin C, distilled water, garlic, onions. Um, anything with sulfur in it will draw mercury out. It draws it out very slowly. Now remember, I was, it was 1990 that I found out. And it's 216 now. And I'm in a wheelchair and I can't walk. <clears throat> Hmm. And the detox uh, process is called chelation, C-H-E-L-A-T-I-O-N. Yeah. Huh. So <clears throat> where do we want to go from here? So what? I got so many questions, um, some about your health and also some about uh, different types of detox. Like I've heard recently that uh, a lot of these detoxes that people are getting sold, like whether it's herbal detoxes or sort of some of these more natural detoxes, they may, they may dislodge the heavy metals, but they might not be able to extract, extract them out of the body. So people have developed this like cellular detox, like a cyto detox it's called, which has proper binding. You know, the atoms have proper binding molecules that'll pull the toxins right out of your body. 
Does that make sense to you? Yes, it does. But the, I, I don't study how to get better. I study how to get ill. I, uh, I've been to uh, chelation and they've run a number of uh, formulas on me. But what's happening with chelation is one formula fits all they think. Right. And it really doesn't. Uh, and, I, and the reason I know this is because uh, two times I had nurses that were giving me the recipe and they were willing to adjust the uh, formula a little bit. And um, the one time, the, one, the first time it happened, I went home and did con- uh, continual deep knee bends in front of my wife and my daughter-in-law and they were amazed. And then a second time, the same thing happened. And I went back to the, the nurse and I said, what did you put in there? What did you, did you write it down? I, I need to see that. It, it worked. And they said, we, we don't write it down. I said, this is one formula fits all. I said, I don't want to come back here again unless you're going to write things down. Now, that was way back when? Right afterwards? or, or uh, it was, No, it was in the 90s. Uh, the the second time it happened, it was in, I think it was 2004. So your health, your health improved right after you removed your teeth, but now you, had, you ended up in, in a wheelchair any, anyways in the end? Is that kind exactly. of what you're saying? Exactly. Huh. Exactly. Well, well, is, it, is it MS that you have? I, I can't remember if I was reading that. Or, uh... Exactly. Exactly. It's MS. And MS... Uh, this is how I got to the, the uh, uh, Diaz protocol. MS has no identified cause. It doesn't have a prescribed cure. I said, hmm, I have MS. Nobody knows how I got it, and mm-hmm. nobody knows how to cure it. Mm-hmm. What about cancer? Nobody knows how it's caused, and nobody knows how to cure it. Uh, Parkinson's, lupus. Um, Alzheimer's, tell me the disease. If it doesn't have a cause and there's no prescribed cure, you better start looking for for, uh, metals. And it's probably mercury. Where else are we exposed to mercury in our day-to-day? Well, that's that's another good question. Mercury, the worst exposure that you get from mercury is your teeth. The second worst exposure is vaccines. Oh. Yeah. No, no. You don't eat fish every day. You don't eat, uh, and you don't, uh, when you do eat fish, it does, all fish has mercury in it. I don't care what size it is and and what shape it is. They have mercury. And, um, And it's actually, they have equal amounts of mercury um, as referred to uh, by their size. In other words, if a shark has 1% mercury, uh, he's a sick shark. If a a minnow has 1% mercury, that's a sick minnow. So they have the same amount as uh, in reference to their size. And um, you eat, we eat fish all the time. I mean, I don't eat fish, but uh, everybody eats fish all the time. And they have no idea. And I was eating tuna fish. I would not go to work or school unless my mother or my wife made me tuna fish sandwiches. I would, I couldn't eat anything else. And Isn't tuna I was the worst? This. Well, that's one of the worst. It's the most common uh, seafood that we were exposed to. 
Is but there a safe all... level of seafood you can you can be eating, or should you just like avoid it? <laughs> no, I got you. Got to avoid it. If uh, well, let me put it this way: um, Would you rather be shot with a twenty-two rifle or an M sixteen? Twenty-two. You would? Yeah. It's going to do the same kind of damage. Where is he shooting me? I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, lead is lead. It's you know, you put a little in, and it starts uh, doing damage. If you put a lot in, it starts doing a lot of damage. Do you understand? And we're all we're all poisoned at a different rate. You could have a, a sister, a mother, a father, and a brother. And they all sit down at the table and eat, and they all have different fillings in their mouths, and they're all uh, different levels of illness. Huh. So, so do you think that? So, you think that possibly your MS could have been caused by heavy metal poisoning? I don't think there's any question. I, I, there's no cause of cure. The, the only thing I could find in my whole entire body, there's no bacteria in my body. There's, there's no virus, there's no fungus, there's no protozoan. I didn't get in, I, well, I did get in many accidents, but none of them were permanent. It has to be a poison. And that brings me to the definition of illness that I wrote. There are three separate ways to get sick. There are only three. A doctor will tell you there's thousands because he never took a course defining illness. I'm the only one that's ever written about illness. Uh, I'll put it on paper. And in my book, I say, if this is not accurate, you have to come up with something more accurate or keep your mouth shut. So where was I going with that? About the three types of illness. Okay. You have a microorganism that has four separate uh, subcategories. You have trauma which has thousands of subcategories and you have poisoning, which only has two subcategories. And those two categories are heavy metals and chemicals. If you start, you make the mistake of start looking for chemicals, (coughs) you will maybe find them the day after you die. If you start looking for metals, that's quite a bit easier. There are only 35 metals of which 23 of them are defined as heavy, which means they weigh more than water. And we are exposed to maybe 6 to 10 every single day. And you don't even know it. I imagine you ate supper today and you had some manganese. And you don't know where it came from. What's manganese? Yeah, manganese is uh, involved in all soy products. If you if you have something that's made of soy, especially hydrogenated soy, you have five elements in that soy that are, are not good for you. One is um, manganese, another is aluminum, another is fluoride, the third or the fourth is uh, <coughs> oh jeez, fourth is uh, I can't think of it now. What about Metals like magnesium and things like that. 
Magnesium, you take you you actually they give you products with magnesium in it. You ever heard of milk of magnesia? Yeah, like my wife takes magnesium. I think is that a light metal? Is that why it's not bad for you? Yeah, you don't want to take that every day. Believe me, you don't. Uh, it's uh, a laxative, actually. Uh, magnesium, you need magnesium. You need uh, manganese, but in very, very small quantities. You uh, you overload in magnesium, and you've got a very, very violent person. So this is what they what they say, right? Is that in these small doses, it doesn't affect you, but doesn't your body accumulate these in, in there, it's- like... To the point where it does start to affect you. Exactly, precisely right. If you uh, if you consume uh, soy products and it has manganese in it, um, you eat soy maybe once a month. You're not going to feel the effects of it for another hundred years. Right. However, however, if you you eat manganese every day, and we do. Not me, but the the society, Canadian and American. They're uh, they're being poisoned at a higher rate than you and I, especially if they already have mercury fillings, and um, maybe uh, they breathe some lead. They work as a mechanic or something. Um, they breathe the exhaust of a, of an engine, or maybe they work with some heavy metals to clean up uh, uh, tool parts and so forth. It's oh, scary. So what about? Um what about it, it's it's actually damn scary you, you put it you put it mildly when you say scary if you if you know about it you should be worried about it so i understand your you know your your strategy of avoidance but but i mean what if what if you you are like okay so you're going to start out you're going to maybe get rid of some mercury fillings uh maybe watch the the fish that you eat and all the lead products and all that kind of stuff. So then don't you need to start a, on some sort of detox program? Like I know your body will work, you know, to some extent of, of detoxing, detoxing itself. But what about this type of cellular detox, this cyto detox? Is that something some, someone should try or? Well, if it works, if you try it and it works, you got to let everybody know because everybody it's going to be useful for everybody. But I don't believe that, uh, uh, any one type of detox is going to work for you. You see, mercury, um, do you know what cinnabar is? Uh, yeah, no. I've heard it. Okay, cinnabar is a uh, metal mined from the earth. It's red. The Chinese use it, crush it up, and uh, when a Chinese uh, paints a picture, he'll put a stamp on it with his signature. That is a combination of mercury and sulfur. Sulfur attaches itself to mercury. The Chinese say that their signature will last longer than the painting. And that's because mercury never goes away. Cinnabar is mined in a number of areas in the world. The biggest mine is in Almaden, Spain. There's another mine in California. It's called New Almaden, and uh, they mine mercury there too. Um, right now in the, uh, in the Amazon, these morons, uh, without education, they could probably can't even read, but they collect this uh, mercury by the mercury and they, uh, mine for gold. They'll have uh, a, a plot of, a, a, a pan of dirt 
and they'll throw some mercury in there, and the mercury will attach to the uh, uh, the gold, and uh, they wash it off, and in the end, they have a big clump of mercury bound in gold, or gold bound in mercury. So what they do is boil the mercury off. That's the worst possible thing you can do. They do this in the uh, the beginning of the Amazon around uh, Bolivia, Peru, and it gets into the water and makes the fish crazy. And by the time it gets to the Atlantic coast, uh, there are natives that have coming up with these diseases of MS and Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and, and nobody knows how they got it. Well, stop the blindness from using mercury. Didn't the Chinese get the, that type of poison in when they were making all these fancy things out of cinnabar? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't, uh, I haven't looked. At, actually, the Chinese, the only thing I know about the Chinese is the first Chinese emperor he was really weird. He had uh, um, he hired a priest to uh, get him to live forever, and that priest was giving him cadmium to drink and eat, lead to drink and eat, and then he went to to a mercury, and that finally drove him crazy. This guy was so stupid and crazy. He developed a, a tomb for himself that's like uh, half a mile wide and three quarters of a mile long. And inside the tomb, it's like a uh, it's like a pyramid. Inside the tomb, there is a map of China and every waterway on that map is mercury. It's the highest concentration of mercury outside of a regular mercury deposit in the world. And nobody can dig it up. Because it's lethal. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. fucking crazy. <laughs> it, it's, it's worse than crazy. I'm, I'm telling you, these people, actually, they know it's mercury because they've been testing the topsoil on the top of the mounds and they've been finding mercury. That means that the fumes are coming up through the ground and exiting. This is bizarre. Wow. <clears throat> Have you, have you had any success with anything for your MS at all? Yeah, well, I have and I haven't. Um, I'm 70 years old and, and uh, you know, I'm starting to feel it. Um, I, I've had minor successes. Um, one of my biggest problems was to go to sleep. I... When I was younger, I would toss and turn for four hours, then sleep for four hours, and get up, and I was burned out. I, you know, I was walking around as a as a ghost. Um, anyway, I um, I started uh, drinking distilled water. I started drinking or uh, uh, taking. Uh, you know what chlorella is? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, that's a seaweed. That's that's good for you. I mean, that that takes metals out. It works on your liver. Um, I, I eat a lot of onion. Well, I'm Spanish, so I eat a lot of onions and, and garlic and things like that. And the, they all have sulfur in it. And what you, uh, what a lot of people don't know is that, um, distilled water is one of the best chelators in the world. The problem is that it is not discriminatory. It just doesn't work on 
mercury. It also works on essential vitamins and minerals. So when you pass mercury after uh, drinking distilled water, you're also passing essential minerals and uh, vitamins and minerals. So that becomes a little dicey. You have to watch that. And you should be under a doctor's care. That uh, That's very important. So you could possibly detox. Do you think you could detox with solely distilled water and offset it with uh, some sort of vitamin? No, I, I wouldn't do that. I... Um, <laughs> I uh, would allow, would rather have a doctor deal with it than than, uh, than do it myself. I, I got in trouble once, and and it was kind of serious. Uh, in 2009, I was taking a, a detox product, and uh, um, I was taking a little too much of it, and I still and I got a uh, a numbness in my sh- in my left shoulder, and it wouldn't go away. Uh, you know, I'd take an aspirin. And it would disappear so I could go to sleep. And and the next day it came back. Well, I did this for about two weeks. And then I decided, this is not good. Aspirin is not dealing with this. So I think I'll go to the doctor. He went. Uh, I went to the doctor. And I have to go to the VA because I'm a veteran. Um, I went to the doctor and he did a, uh, a protein test on my, uh, on my uh, blood. And he said, your heart is coming apart. And I said, no, I don't feel that. And he said, hey, you're either going to the hospital or you're going to die. So I said, uh, well, let me check out the hospital. I don't really want to die today. So I went into the hospital and uh, they scheduled a, a bypass immediately. And uh, that's how I got in trouble. So wow. you don't want to you don't want to fool around with this by yourself. You want somebody knowing what you're doing. Did you can you say what detox product you were taking, or would you rather not? Uh, no, I would rather not. Somebody else might try it. <clears throat> what um, are doctors pretty on board? Like, if you go to the doctor, are they fairly fairly on board with helping you out and and the the, the fillings and all that, or would you, would you experience some some sort of um, I don't Resist- know, what the, yeah, resistance, resistance yeah. Yeah, there's big time resistance. You can't go to a doctor and tell him I have heavy metal poisoning and and I want you to deal with that exclusively. He'll throw you out of the office. He won't. I don't know anything about it. Get out of here. Go look for your own doctor. If you uh, there's another organization uh, in uh, I think it's in Florida now. It used to be in California. It's called ACAM, American College for the Advancement of Medicine, and uh, those people. Uh, study chelation. They study other things too, but uh, they're, they're actually the board that certifies these doctors. So if you go to acam.org, acam.org, uh, you'll be able to find a doctor that will chelate you in your area. Have you heard about this this poisoning and, and the poisoning that we have, especially now in our generation, that it's basically like four generations old now? Like we get it from like the lead poisoning from our mothers when we're when they're pregnant. And, you know, they've been ever since, uh, you know, like the early 1900s or the 1930s when industry has really taken off and it's been dumping chemicals everywhere that that this is like an ongoing problem with uh, generation after generation just taking on more and more poison. And now we're left with us here. Trying to figure out uh, what to do with it. 
I've known about this for uh, since I started looking at Mercury. The um, you, you know a lot. Like I say, there was only three ways to get sick, but doctors and ignorant people will tell you, well, what about genetics? Well, you can't blame God for a disease like this. You have to look at where the original poisoning happened. If it was your mother, it, w- it was your great-great-grandmother, and it's usually the mother that, that does the most damage. The man with his sperm, it might have, it might contain a little bit of mercury, but it will not do the damage that uh, the placenta will. Hmm. And the thing is, now they're, they're vaccinating and, and the vaccine, you absorb 100% of it. You, it's not like a, a mercury filling. You know, you, when you breathe, you uh, absorb 80% of what you breathe and you exhaust the 20%. When you eat fish, you will only absorb 20% of what you eat and you will pass the rest of it out. But a vaccine, it goes into your arm or your ass and it stays there forever. And that's not the only problem with vaccines. The vaccines, can, some of the vaccines contain mercury and aluminum. Now, if you do a, a superficial search on YouTube, uh, type in mercury and aluminum, you will find that they're counterindicated. You're not supposed to put mercury and aluminum together. The reason the mercury will eat its way through really the weird. well it's you know they call it, the medicine calls it oxidation this is a joke i mean mercury is eating its way through the aluminum and what's it doing to the adjacent cells That's this is crazy. terrible oh it's worse than that it's, it's worse than that <laughs> a lot of stuff worse than crazy here tonight darren <laughs> Well, there's a pill for crazy. There's no pill <laughs> for worse than crazy. I'll have a worse than crazy pill. Um, well, I, I, we have an election today, uh, you know, in this country, and, and we got Trump and and uh, uh, Clinton, and, and and Trump is is crazy, and and Clinton is a criminal. We have a pill for crazy. We got no pill for criminal. No, that's right. I mean, yeah. When you do crimes at that level, you don't get caught. It's only the small crimes that get, get you know. Are we saying Trump and Clinton have mercury poisoning? <laughs> <laughs> so Clinton does. Hillary Clinton does. You can see it in her mouth. Scan, scan a pic, uh, look, a, look at pictures of um, uh, Hillary Clinton on, on uh, Google uh, Images. You will see the mercury filling is in her mouth. She's an idiot. Now, if I, you know, somebody asked me, would you help her? Hell no, I won't touch her. I will you know, she's evil. I don't, and she's evil because she's probably inundated with mercury. But she's a deviant too. Yep. So, so, uh, <clears throat> do you have anything to say about that, Darren? No, I'm gonna, yeah, no, that's, that's a good one. I wanted to ask you about uh, our our little local area here because you've got some interesting stuff on your website there, illnessdefined.com, and you've got some recent news articles and stuff like that and by by continent. So this is kind of about toxic stuff going on all over the world. Yeah. And you've got uh, something in our backyard here. Uh, What was it? Uh, Lead poisoning in Alberta. 
Well, it, it's it's beyond lead. It, there's a uh, a tribe. I don't really remember. It's been in the news for for months now. Susina. Uh, I think that might be it. Uh, they're being mercury poisoned. There's a river running through it, and they, they, these lumber people and, and factories have been dumping mercury for years and years. And it goes right through the Indian reservations, and uh, they're being driven crazy. Let me give you an example of one of the worst cases of uh, mass poisoning that I know of. There's a tribe of Indians in, in our country, in Arizona, they called, I think they call the Pima or Puma. And uh, they have the highest rate of diabetes, young and old, in the world. They're also obese. And they have, I mean, they're really obese. They, uh, you know, they look like um, candle pin, uh, you know, candle pins for bowling. They're just, it's just terrible. Now, when I was younger, I ran into a public health official who was the doctor at that tribe. And I got friendly with him and I started talking to him about the tribe. And I said, well, yeah, did you know that the, the diabetes? And oh, yeah, we know that it's an ongoing problem. We don't. And I asked him very innocently and not accusing anything. I said, did you ever consider that uh, they might be poisoned by mercury from their teeth? Oh, my God, he wanted to, to lynch me right there. He did not want to go into it. Hmm. I stopped the conversation and went on my way. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk to a moron like that. So, Was, wow. Is it getting any better? Do you think like there'll be a thing or do you like uh, is it? Is anyone working to outlaw it or, or stop us from at least slow dentists down? Um, no, the the um, the focus of mercury right now is on vaccines. Have you heard about the movie Vaxed? Yeah. Okay, that guy. This guy's name is uh, Dell Bigtree. Uh, is probably the biggest voice of mercury. In the world right now, he's uh, he's making great headway. He, he's making people aware that the vaccines are killing the kids, and uh, they're killing them by mercury, aluminum, formaldehyde, um, antifreeze, and, and they put this crap in the, in the vaccines. And then there's uh, African green monkey kidneys, which give you cancer, and it's been proven since 1960. And I can even give you the name of the woman that found the uh, the bacteria and said it causes cancer. And she she predicted that there will be a cancer epidemic within 20 years. It's here. Her name was uh, her name was. Uh, oh Jesus! I knew I would forget something. Um. I'll, I'll, it'll come up uh, in my memory banks uh, as we talk. Okay. So, our dentists, like, did, does the average dentist know this? Uh, yes. Like, are you taught that in school? Like, is it something, you know, they all know, or most of them, is ignorance play a factor? No, ignorance does play a big factor. The teachers don't teach it. Some students know about it and they pass it around among themselves, but they're not allowed to talk about it. They're not, is, not taught of it. This is crazy. So under the Canadian Dental <clears throat> Association website, 
It says dental amalgam fillings. So dental amalgam fillings are sometimes called silver fillings. They are the most common type of filling used in Canada today. See, I always thought this was this was gone years ago. Like no uh, one gets, no one gets. Didn't didn't you think that? I thought no one gets well, these, I don't know. I've got, these mercury I know. fillings anymore. I, like I remember when I was at the dentist years ago, I remember getting white ones too. So did they flip back to this now? And now I stopped going to the dentist for the most part. So it says it says here because these fillings are silver in co- color, they're used to fill the back teeth. They're a mix of metals such as mercury, silver, copper, and tin. The advantages. They've got a list of advantages and disadvantages. So I might as well read the advantages quickly. These fillings are least expensive. They last a long time. They are easy to put in place because they are a direct filling. One visit to your dentist will do the job. The disadvantages, the silver color may not appeal to people who want a natural look. Tiny amounts of mercury are released from the filling when you chew. For most people, this bit of mercury is nothing to worry about. Studies have shown that amalgam fillings do not cause illness. They have been used on people for more than 150 years. Health, and then that was that one disadvantage. The next disadvantage is Health Canada advises pregnant women in need of a filling to wait until the baby is born before they go ahead with the procedure. Oh, your, surprise, surprise. Your, your dentist can suggest other kinds of fillings if the work is urgent. So yep. it's not going to damage you, but if you're pregnant, don't do it. That's for the official... Damage. And they it's admit it's, and that mercury never leaves. That's right. This is like in, so it, I guess can I offset my fill? Like if say I can't afford to have my fillings removed because I'm assuming that's thousands of dollars. Um, like can can you offset it by cleansing? You know, at least I mean, even no. if it's not the best solution, is there a way to kind of no? Oh fuck! No, it, as long as well, it, let me put it this way. Uh, you're standing, your mouth is a sink, all right, and you've got the faucet going. That, the, the, the faucet is dropping mercury into the sink. <laughs> now, you want to clean out that sink, but you cannot stop that faucet. That's what's going on with your mouth. Could I, can you, I clean out the trap every once in a while, the pee trap? Like nope. with some cleanse. <laughs> How do you do that? That's your pineal still... gland, Darren. That's your. That's yeah. where it's all gathering in your pineal gland. Oh boy. Yeah. That. Uh, that. This is. Uh, you're getting deep, and and I know about the <laughs> pineal gland, and <laughs> you you're uh, you're going beyond my scope of knowledge. I was just half kidding, but I mean, it, it's it's not. I I shouldn't be laughing. It's not a serious. You know. I mean, it's a serious thing, but it's just. Uh, if you can't laugh about it, you're going to die with it. Yeah, exactly. So it's either get my fillings removed or just there's no point. If I'm not going to get my real fillings removed, there's really no point in cleansing is the bottom well, line. You're not going to feel any better by cleansing, but you may keep the level constant, a body burden of metals constant uh, as you as you develop uh, or as you get your mercury fillings removed. If you have no intentions of getting, well, see, you have three choices. You can replace the fillings. That's what most people will do because they value their teeth. You can remove the teeth or you could do nothing. If you do nothing, you're choosing to be ill. I think I swallowed a filling one time. That's not not a problem. It went right through your body. It's gone. Oh, that's good. (laughs) 
Kind of bounced well, around on the way out and left some, you know, left some <laughs> residue there. How many do I have? Uh, I, can't, I can't see. I think you got uh, one, two, three, four on one side there. And uh, your bottom looks pretty good. How about me? One, two. I think like we both five, got at I least think. fuck five. Eh? My teeth are such a mess. I ah, oh, jeez. Okay, just can I just pop it. these things out with a screwdriver and tell no, the dentist to no, fall out? You're going to poison yourself and everybody that's around. Like You're going to have it bouncing all over the place. It's going to be leaching into your environment. You know what is, what is criminal about this? Uh, I used to live in Utah. I've lived out in Utah for 25 years. I watched de- uh, veterinary dentists fill uh, the teeth of horses with mercury fillings. I said, oh, my God, <laughs> what, what the hell is the horse? And then six months later. How did the horse this, get a cavity? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> I have, they, they actually hung the horse by its legs, turned it upside down, and manipulated the head so that the dentist could uh, uh, drill out the tooth and, and put it in. But six months later, the same horse went out and bit a kid. Did some pretty big damage. I think it broke a bone or something. Anyway, they put the horse down. Why? Because the dentist fills his freaking teeth with uh, mercury. That's scary, eh? So, but honestly, can I just pop them out with a screwdriver? No, you don't want to do that. That's not only painful, but uh, what do you do with the billing when you uh, when you have it in your hand? You I'll can't throw it, it in the trash. Well, you can't you can't put it in the trash. You can't flush it down the toilet. You can go to jail for that, actually. Really, no. for flushing a filling? Yeah. What? Yeah, you're poisoning the water system. How do you dispose of it? You got to give it to uh, maybe the fire department. Every plumber is supposed to be uh, able to take uh, mercury and, and recycle it. And what they do the. Uh, there is no use of mercury um, in industry. They used to be, but they're stopping it now. There's a, uh, I think it's called a mammographer, m- mammography or something. It's uh, in milk farms that run the machines. It's an open pan of mercury. They took those out. The cows in the milk were getting the mercury. Oh, my Jesus. Drink milk. It's more healthy. Anyway, um, there's uh, the thermometers, those round thermometers with the mercury bubble in it. Uh, they're gone. It's now all electronic. Um, there's, uh, there was a conference in Minamata, Japan, where the first mass uh, poisoning of mercury occurred in 1958. Anyway, um, they had this conference and 180 countries showed up. And they went home with an agreement to stop shipping mercury out of the country and not allowing mercury to come into the country. Hmm. Wow. And, and we, we haven't signed it, and I don't know what Canada has done. We probably oh, followed you. Yeah, whatever you say. <laughs> okay, boss. <laughs> Are they signing it? Are they signing yeah. it? No, don't, don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> right on. So, what do you what do you got going on now that uh, you're kind of in the midst of uh, promoting your book again a little bit? It's been out for a while. Is there anything that you would have 
that you regretted putting in there? Anything that's just changed that you would have added if you would have known? Um, well, yeah, the one thing I, I would have changed uh, on page 172, I have what's called the rule. And uh, essentially, the rule says if, uh, if you are a patient and have a disease that has no identified cause and no prescribed cure, the probability of you being influenced by one or more of the heavy metals is severe. It doesn't matter how you got sick. If you have metals in your body, the, your immune system will not allow the body to heal. And, and that's, uh, that, I called that the rule. I now call it the Diaz protocol. And that pisses doctors off real bad. Wow. Well, it's, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, I've been hearing this in other, other doctors. I've, I've, the other stuff I heard on it was other doctors talking about this being a problem. Like other doctors talking about this being like they took fillings out of their mouth and they got better from a variety of real bad problems. So mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting to see what happens here. I'm kind of yeah, interested to see. Maybe you know what? Can... A, you know what? Well, I... it's good to know because I have young kids who don't have any cavities yet or any vaccines. Uh, fuck, I'm not, not going to get emails. But anyway, um, <laughs> don't 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 even bring them around to a dentist or a doctor. <laughs> they, you don't. You want to stand right over that dentist? I'm telling you, these these people lie to you. They tell you it's silver fillings. It's not silver at all. It's mercury. And they say, well, there's no studies that say it's harmful. Well, what studies does it say it's safe? They lie, every single one of them. The reason, if they don't lie, they won't earn you money. Is, is what about, but could I, I, I could just opt for the, uh, like if I take it to the dentist, can I just opt for the proper fillings? Well, you have to know what you're asking for. If it's what the front am I asking teeth, for? Well, if if it's the front teeth, they're going to fill it fill it with composite. If it's the back teeth, then you have to be damn sure that he's not going to plant mercury in there and and tell him no no fluoride at all. Yeah, I cut See, I cut fluoride out of my toothpaste recently, and and uh, I'm about to switch to like natural deodorant as well. I think. Just, well, yeah. what is this shit in your deodorant too? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's aluminum and all kinds of stuff in your deodorant. Yeah. And that's well, you know leaching how, in. Is that leaching in? Yeah. Oh my god. You know. You know. You, you know how breast cancer is caused. I, I mean, you have to do certain things before cancer can come, and 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 uh, women do this all the time. They go to the dentist. They get mercury fillings. No problem. It's safe. It's this. That's what the dentist would tell them. It's not safe at all. You put mercury into your bloodstream. Then every damn morning they get up and, and put uh, uh, makeup on and they don't know what's in the makeup. They, the makeup people do not have to tell you. So uh, they can put, they do put mercury, lead, arsenic, so forth. And they've been doing this for thousands of years. The Egyptians, they've been buried with, with the arsenic on their eyes to make them black. Anyway, um, uh, what was I getting to? You're getting about the makeup and the women with breast cancer. Okay. Uh, they, they get uh, mercury in their blood system from the teeth, and then they take antiperspirant. That has aluminum. 
And I said, I told you before, you can't combine mercury and aluminum or you're going to have a problem. Well, they put this antiperspirant underneath their arms and that's directly on the lymph nodes. And it's a cluster of lymph nodes right beside the breast. Now, why do they have breast cancer? Because of the antiperspirant. In mixing combination with the, with the mercury. Yeah, mixing with the, and then fucking up the cells beside it, adjacent cells beside it. So, right. so what's, what, uh, what are some other things that we can do to, to like day to day things? Like honestly, get rid of fluoride, get rid of like your, your aluminum based deodorants and stuff like that. There's also, I mean, you hear about all kinds of other Don't toxins. Use aluminum like foil? Lead toys and. No, aluminum foil, I don't think sheds like uh, the, the things that have aluminum incorporated in them. Yeah, in them. Yeah, yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you one product that has aluminum in it, and nobody says anything about it, is uh, American sliced cheese, the, the yellow stuff. Well, that's not even cheese. Well, you know why they put it in there? Aluminum conducts heat evenly. <laughs> yeah, so it melts properly. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. I, yeah. I, I, no, I, when I when I read wow. that book, when I read that book about salt, sugar, and fat, they talked about how the the cheese became a product that wasn't even cheese. They called it cheese, and they came out with it. They sold it in the stores, and it's not. It's fake. It's completely fake. I remember it eating just those melts like so cheese. much. Well, I had a good friend who used to love to uh, uh, get uh, a, a grilled cheese sandwiches. I think. And he had grilled cheese sandwiches every day of his life. He also got Alzheimer's by the time he was 50 years old. Oh, see, we're, see, we're at the end of all this where it's just fucked. Like the, the consumerism and the, the big corporations selling all this crap and then people hiding results and scientific studies. Like we're really just in a, in a quagmire right now. I, yeah, I switched you, over now. All I eat is real cheese. Like if I'm doing a grilled cheese, it's cut up with off, you know, real off the brick cheese. I gotta tell you the. Um, um, it doesn't melt even though you know it's true. No, but who cares? Like that's the thing, right? I'm just, yeah, I know. I'm just saying a little aluminum that's brilliant. <laughs> oh that, well, that, you uh, know, but not for to eat. <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe all those grilled cheese sandwiches you had there—that that's affected your short-term memory. That's, that's all the pot I smoke. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, pot is going to help you. Uh, to believe it or not. That's well, good because I have a prescription. <laughs> <laughs> Get me one too. <laughs> I, I, I take uh, 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 Rick Simpson oil nightly yeah. to, go, to go to sleep. Does that help a lot? Yeah. Oh, my God. I take a, a pill that, uh, not, not even a pill, it's the, like the size of a half a grain of rice. I take it at about 6 o'clock. By 11.30, I'm so tired, I don't, I got to find my bed, and I got to hope I can crawl into it. Have you have you thought about going into an aggressive, like the cancer treatment, and, and really hammering down on that oil and seeing if that helps blow out the MS? Actually, I'm, uh, I'm in the middle of a move from Massachusetts to California for that reason exactly. Good for you. Yeah, right on. We were just in I, I, Washington State on the weekend. Really? I'm 70 years old. You know, I got uh, a small bank account and I got a house I got to get rid of. I got a little bit of money so I can afford to uh, experiment a little. Yeah. If if my experiments fail, so what? I'm 70 years old. 
Well, you know, nobody's died from from pot uh, yet, so I mean, it's, if you're going to go that route, unless you got safe. between the CIA and their operations, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be I, the indirect pot death. <laughs> yeah, actually, I I uh, in 1972, I think it was, I um, I had a job offer to go to work for Air America, which was CIA owned, and at the time, I just had my son. And I had just bought a house, so I couldn't accept the job. It was flying C-130s from uh, the Azores into Africa and checking on uh, oil uh, rigs and and oil pipelines. But um, I have been down to Costa Rica in the 80s. I was down there, and uh, there was a tuna factory that uh, the Iran-Contra operation was run out of. And I saw some really mean people coming in and out of there. Yeah, that's scary, Great. huh? It's like right on the narcos. Uh, and then meanwhile, Clinton was just signing that shit off up in Arkansas. <laughs> 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 well, uh, that's how we got president, I think. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, big thanks for coming on the show, Richard. Are you on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that where our listeners can track you down, harass you? Yeah, I I have the uh, I, uh, at the bottom of your screen there where uh, where I uh, yeah yeah I, I did the notes. Where's the notes? Okay, there we are. I uh, I got a talk shoe, and I'm going to tell you about talk shoe. The latest one was by an, uh, an Irish guy, and that's a good hour long, and it it. It, it's really interesting to listen to, but the most interesting talk show uh, interview that I did was uh, a college professor in Missouri, I think it was, and he was talking about Abe Lincoln and uh, Faraday and uh, Isaac Newton, and there was one character that he talked about. His name was uh, uh, Cotton. Uh, uh, Boston Cotton or Cotton Boston or something. It, he uh, he was the the sergeant in charge of uh, when they located John Wilkes Booth, and he was supposed to have shot John Wilkes Booth. Now, the most interesting part of this guy was he would join the army for six months at a time and then go to Boston. And um, he was crazy. He had uh, mercury poisoning. And what he did was uh, he went out to dinner one night and he ran into a prostitute. And the prostitute convinced him that he needed to get laid or whatever. And uh, he did. And he immediately found religion and immediately became guilty and took a pair of scissors and cut his nuts off. <laughs> wow. Well, this is not the uh, this is not the end of the story. He cut his nuts off, patched it up, went to dinner, and then checked himself into the hospital. And there's a record of him checking in. Did they sew his nuts back on? No. Didn't think so. <laughs> it, um, it was uh, the program number is ninety two. I think you'll be fascinated to listen to it. Oh yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, we'll link to everything in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, and I'm pasting my uh, I'm pasting that. Uh, oops, 
I'm pasting that podcast that I talked about in the in uh-huh. the in the in the Skype as well for you. I think you'll find it interesting as well. It's talking about those doctors and the heavy metal stuff. Good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, you might uh, want to hear about all that. Well, big thanks hey. for coming on the show, Richard. When you get to California, let us know how that goes, because if that works out how uh, we all hope it's going to work out for you, we'd love to talk about that. Okay, no problem. Thanks a lot, guys. Yep. I really enjoyed talking to you. Right on. Take care, Richard. Thanks. See ya. So, Heavy Metal Graham, what'd you think, buddy? Yeah, it's interesting. Scary. Very it scary. Kind of Beyond scary. scary. No, I mean... It's again, doesn't this overlap with all the stuff we talk about where, you know, that even if it's one, 10% of as bad as he says, it's fucking crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, and then, and then again, you, you know, we're looking at this quack watch thing where it's talking about the controversy over mercury poisoning. And it's like, again, there's all this polarization, right? People say it's bad. People say, ah, it's not going to do anything. What would the you, lobby right? be? Like, what would the lobby be? That would be lobbying the Canadian government to say it's okay to have. Where do you think that pressure comes from? You know, like, is a dentist union strong enough? But why do they care? Right? You know? The dentist? Yeah. Well, if they know, like, who, well, because it's, like you said, you make more money. But I guess they would just change that cost onto the customer. Yeah. So is it the mercury companies? Like, is there is mercury is it, a big business? Where does the pressure come? That that, or is it just it, is it just ignorance across the board? Or is it is or is it intentional from the powers that be that you know are running the dental association and and the, you know the Bilderberg groups getting their little piece in there and they're like, no, we want mercury in the fucking fillings and fluoride in your toothpaste. And when you go to the dentist, you put fluoride in your mouth and it's going to help dumb you down, like, or get you sick. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying I, I buy into that, but I mean that would be the extreme part of the conspiracy, right? Yeah, because I know what you mean. What What's the obvious benefit of just for for the dental association to keep silver slash you know mercury fillings in your mouth? Well, I'm not. You don't even care about that. I'm the government of Canada and, or the USA saying that it's okay by their standards. Exactly. I feel like well, I'm who's having pressuring a- that. Like you know, in a lot of places, you can see where the money is. I'd I'd be interested to see where the money comes from. That fucking. Well, I I feel like I'm having a Mandela moment where I swear I remember when I was younger that this was like all I didn't when I didn't have to worry about going to the dentist because I knew that they were no longer using mercury that it was all switched over that they would even switch them out in your mouth when they did it when they could and like. Well, do you remember that when you were young? That like you, there was just no. you don't have to worry about going to the dentist and getting a mercury filling. That it was all this white thing, the white stuff. Now, by the time I started getting fillings, you had already seen a UFO, <laughs> <laughs> and I was twenty. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, yeah. The lead poisoning. There's a, that whole thing on this thing about lead lead poisoning cattle in Alberta, which is kind of scary too. They're saying they they're just licking the cattle, lick all this stuff. They they lick, <laughs> lick crankcase oil and grease from machinery, and they get poisoned. That's, so like people are supposed to use their sh- leave their shit around their their farms yeah. and stuff. Well, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we should up check your yards, in. Alberta farmers. Yeah, no doubt. Because there's tons of them listening. <laughs> All too in a tractor. If you're in a tractor, if you listen to the show in a tractor or a farmer, I'd like to know about it. Anyway, 
Well, actually, I know, actually, like you know what? Ponce has, a like fucking, Ponce has a fucking farm. Yeah. Hey, that honey never showed up. I wonder if we got fucking some customs agent is yeah, maybe, enjoying yeah. our honey. They thought it was like hemp honey. Now they're eating it. They're just eating it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, check out grammarica.ca slash support for all the different ways you can help us keep in, having guests like these and uh, yeah. not having commercials and not making anyone pay for the back episodes and not doing anything. And you just uh, throw us some some value when you can, if you can. There's a bunch of different options there from a buck to 30 bucks a month. Um, if not, you can always review the show, grammarica.ca slash iTunes. That helps out. Spam Graham. Everything's in the show notes, too, all the links. That's right. Yeah. Go to the show notes, motherfuckers. Grabamerica.ca slash EP. I don't know. 190. It's probably going to be 190. <laughs> yeah, we don't know that yet, but you'll see it. It'll be 190. Anyway. Well, if they're listening to this, they just click on it. What do you mean? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> just click on it. Is that it? That's, that's it. it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.
Conspiracies and high paranoia Here comes another show for ya They're the kings of America They're the kings of America Everybody listen to Darren and Graham <laughs>